Hello and welcome to Delightful. I'm your host, Lisa McCrowan. Delightful is where science and psychology meet spirituality and creativity to help you follow what delights your heart and live a life you deeply love. Welcome back to another episode of Delightful. I'm so glad that you are tuning in and that we can journey together today. If you are a mom, if you and your mom are close, if you are caring for your aging mother, if you have lost your mother, or if you and your mom are estranged, this episode is for you. I wanted to do an episode that honors and acknowledges Mother's Day, but I wanted to, I'm so often in my work, I work with people who have difficult relationships relationships with their mother or they have lost their mother or they are a caretaker of their mother. So I know that sometimes this day can be complicated or it can be a hard day. So I wanted to create an episode for you. Uh, and as well, if you are a mom and to speak to you and if you, mo- you and your mom are close as well. But I didn't want to leave out these other groups of people who I just know are out there and need some extra support and care and acknowledgement. So I, in this episode, I start with a memory of my, from my own childhood of my mother and started over grapefruit. And then I share a message to moms out there as a way to encourage you uh, and to support you and to thank you. And then I offer some encouragement for you if you and your mom are close and just to continue with that. And then I share a poem from my book, Gems, for the caregivers, those of you who are caring for an aging parent. And, it, you know, this is, this is also, although I'm talking about Mother's Day, this can also speak to those of us that are caring for uh, an aging, any aging parent or father or mom. And then for those of you who have lost your mom, I share some comforting reflections from, from two who, their words I just have found to be so supportive and I hope that, that they nourish and support you too. And then finally, if you are estranged from your mom and there is a mother wound, I offer three reflection questions to soothe you, uh, almost like an experience actually to ask yourself these and to give yourself the soothing, the soothingness that you might not have gotten from your mom. And then I offer two visualizations to practice. And you might end up visiting this segment often to give yourself the love, the soothingness that you needed way back when and that you still need now. I talk about, and in this segment too, I talk about boundaries, having compassion and care for yourself. So I really hope that this episode speaks to you if you're mothering, if you have a close relationship with your mom, if you have lost your mother, if you are caring for your mother, or you and your mom are estranged. And then it, I, I pray as I'm, as I'm recording this, that it is healing balm for you, no matter where you find yourself in your motherhood journey or in your relationship with your mother. So let's begin. I could have sobbed over my grapefruit. 
Several years ago, I was cutting the outside circle of my grapefruit, and I stopped. The memory of my mom so lovingly and thoroughly cutting my grapefruit for me as a girl flooded my mind and heart. Now, I know that back then I probably didn't really say thank you, and I'm sure I took it for granted that she put such extraordinary care into something so ordinary. And I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this, I never thought it was any big deal. But when I became a mom, oh my gosh, did I get it. The time and attention, care, focus, energy, and the groundedness in what is important it took for my mom to cut my grapefruit, I know all too well now that it is a big deal. To take the time to put the attention into one experience, to muster up the energy from all she was doing, to find balance in divvying up time with more than one child, and to recognize in the moment that this, this moment matters, that is extraordinary. In that moment of cutting my grapefruit, I was so grateful. I remember thinking that I wanted to go back in time and savor every little cut out triangle of grapefruit and hug my mom and kiss her and tell her that she rocks and that tell her thank you for all the little everyday ways she showed me extraordinary love. Cutting my grapefruit, making my lunch. Yeah, she even did this into high school. Telling me to take a mental health day when I needed it so gently and patiently braiding my hair, driving me and my teammates to and from soccer practice. I mean, the list goes on. And flashes of these memories flooded my heart that day. And then later on, I told her this, and I thanked her. Ordinary things done with extraordinary love. Before having little ones, I wanted to do extraordinary things in this world. I had specific ideas too about what that meant and none of them involved cutting grapefruit. But that that morning, I thought about how it's my turn to embody this legacy of loving with great tenderness and attention in the ordinary. When my tween daughter now says, hey mom, let me show you this, and she comes over to me with her phone to show me something she's seen online or Or when she and I are in the car and she says, oh, listen to this new podcast episode that just came out on one of the podcasts that she listens to. Or when my teen son asks me to stay up late and watch a show with him that I wouldn't have chosen, I see that there is an opportunity to pause and give my attention to them in this ordinary moment. I don't do it all the time. I don't do it perfectly, but Years ago, I made a vow to myself that when my children entered the room, I would pause and look at them and make eye contact, and I would give them my attention for a little bit. Presence these days, it's an extraordinary gift. In a digital age when so many distractions, there are so many vying for our time and our attention, full presence is an extraordinary gift. It's what children want most. It's what our aging parents want most. And really, it's what we want most, too. Like nowadays, when a friend actually sits down with me, puts away their phone, and listens to me, it just, it, it's like, oh, such a gift. 
Don't you notice that too? Doesn't that just like make your heart smile when a friend actually is sitting down, they're making eye contact with you, they put away their phone and they listen to you. What a gift. Presence. And I want to name here, since uh, this is a Mother's Day episode, I want to name here about like this presence for our own selves as mothers. Yes, doing something for ourselves, giving ourselves the presence, the gift of presence. We so need this. So as we show up for our children, as we pause what we are doing to make eye contact with them, to, to, to show that we care and that we, we see them, we can show up with extraordinary love for ourselves. So yeah, there are times when we will need to say, hang on, mom matters. And we go and take that hot bath. We decline the invitation to volunteer at their school. We say, I need a moment. Loving ourselves in the ordinary, that's extraordinary too. And that is a legacy that I want to pass on to my children. Caring for themselves and giving themselves presence in the midst of loving and being present with others. If you are a mom, thank you. Thank you for the love you show in extraordinary ways in the ordinary I work with so many people who are moms and I see the extraordinary love in the ordinary days. And I imagine that you too do this and I bet that you overlook just how much you actually do do and that you don't give yourself enough credit. My husband often tells me that I'm too hard on myself and I don't think I'm alone in this. Actually, I know that I'm not alone. I hear from people in counseling and coaching and as friends We love so much and so big, and I don't think we give ourselves the credit of just how loving we are. I think that today there's so much pressure on us as moms. When my children were little, my mom told me, she told me this, back when back when uh, you were little, Lisa, there wasn't such pressure on parents. I don't really remember questioning my worth or my goodness. There wasn't such a huge sense of guilt or not being enough. You all, Lisa, are living under tremendous pressure right now. She's right. Like the parenting industry is a bajillion dollar industry that plays on our insecurities, our guilt, inadequacies, and our shame. It tries to take us away from the wisdom within us and into mom Google, looking outside for parenting answers. So much of my work with clients is about turning back inward to our own bodies and intuition and the wisdom within us. So yes, we are relational beings and we want to get that advice and support. But ultimately, we want to come back to trusting our own intuition and inner knowing. So there is, right now, there is no short supply on mom guilt these days. My sister, who is not a mom, but she works as a teacher to little ones, and so she is like a mom to a ton of little ones. She told me in the beginning of my parenting journey that I needed that I needed to hire a nanny. And whenever people ask me now if there's anything I regret in the early years of being a parent, it's this, that I didn't hire a nanny. A nanny that I thought I had to do it all myself. 
And if we couldn't afford it, I would have asked for help. I would have held this truth close to me. My needs matter. So now, with a tween and teen right now, I am so much more aware of my own well-being. And I 100% know that my needs matter. And I am not about just surviving. I am about thriving. I'm about trying to be about preventive care for myself, proactive care for my body, mind, and heart in the midst of loving and caring for my family. I have said this to every mom that I work with. You are doing enough. And I cannot say this enough to you, listener, if you are a mom. You are enough. And thank you. Thank you for your love, nurturance, and presence. So go out and give yourself that. Start to have the mindset that your needs matter. And one of my, okay, so one of my favorite three-letter words is and, and. In therapy and in coaching, I use it this way. So like you can feel the mom guilt. That is just in the water in our culture, in our society right now. So you can feel that and still do what you got to do to care for yourself. I honestly believe, I know this with 100% certainty, that as we are caring and loving ourselves and giving ourselves presence, that so supports us in being able to give our full presence and attention to our dear ones in the moments when it's really necessary. If you and your mom are close, when I came across this quote by Abraham Lincoln, I, I just loved it. And it's so short and beautiful. Let me share it here. All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. If you and your mom are close, let her know you love her. And not just on Mother's Day, but on a regular basis. Let her know that you appreciate her. You might even encourage her to follow her dreams, to listen to her body, and do what delights her heart now that she is older and she has spent a lifetime taking care of others. Encourage her to have a voice, to express her needs, to regard her voice, life, dreams, and ideas as valid. Encourage her to shine her light and do what she is passionate about. I find this with the women that I work with who uh, are a little bit older. I don't even know how you define older because it all is relative to who you are. But women who are maybe, because I'm in my late 40s, so let's just say 60s and 70s. They spent a lifetime caring for others and often as homemakers and then in careers that were very other focused, like nursing and teaching. And I find that in working with women in their 60s and 70s right now, that it's like, oh, are they coming into to connection with their, their own voice and needing support in how to honor their dreams and to even see their voice and their ideas as valid and important and necessary in this world. 
I do believe that in this society, we have lost regard for the crone, the older woman, the woman who is maybe in menopause or postmenopausal, and regarding these women as wisdom holders, wisdom figures. And so what would it be like in our culture if we regarded the older women, the, the crone, as these wi- wisdom figures that have so much to offer. They have seen so much, been through so much, endured so much, and we regarded them. So one way that we can begin that is if you and your mom are close and you guys have a good relationship, maybe it's time to start talking to her about her dreams and giving her space for her stories, for her voice to be heard and encouraging her. If you are caring for your mother right now, So many of us are in the sandwich generation, taking care of our own children and taking care of aging parents. It can be a lot and it's hard, all while we're juggling our careers and our dreams. So first, if you are a caretaker, please be gentle with yourself and with your mom. Be gentle with her. Go slower. Listen to her stories, regard her, and take breaks for you when you need them. Yes, so go gently, try softer. I so, so know that it's hard. There is so much to do and so much you are responsible for, but I promise you that you won't regret it. You won't regret being gentle with your mom, going slower, listening to her stories, and regarding her. Imagine how your grandmother and grandfather wanted their baby, your mom, to be so loved and cared for throughout her life. I have a poem for you. My dear friend Susan, she is a nurse practitioner in hospice, and years ago when I introduced this poem, She said that she wanted to put it up in her office as it was a perfect description of nursing in hospice. It's called Bath Time. I am in the tub with my four-month-old son, holding his plump new body in my lap, enjoying our leisurely exchange of smiles and laughs. As I wash his back and under his chin, behind his ears, and between his toes, when suddenly it hits me. Someday, hopefully a long time from now, I will be gone. And there will come a time when my son will be an old man, too frail to bathe himself, and someone else will need to hold his fragile old body, wash his back and under his chin, behind his ears and between his toes, and I will not be there to make sure that they are kind to my son. I am overcome with the primal panic of a mother who cannot protect her child. A grief I've never known before grips my ribs and turns my stomach. I am softly crying now, 
my tears mixing with our warm bath water as my son still smiles and giggles and I continue to bathe him. I breathe in deeply and then finally let go of that breath. After a few moments, I say to the grief, yes, that's right, I will not be there. I send out a prayer to the nurse's aide or hospice worker, my son's wife or grown child, asking them to watch me now as I gently rub a sweet lather with a soft cloth and patient hands over my son's trusting, vulnerable body. And I pray that they can sense how this now old man was once so lovingly bathed and they will wash his back and under his chin, behind his ears and between his toes with the tenderness of a new mother. I had to pause the recording for a moment because Gosh, even after all these years, my son is now 15. After all these years of writing that poem, I still can tear up. There's a sense of compassion that we all long for, that our parents, our grandparents wanted for their child and that we will want for our children. And so if you are caring for your mother... I pray that there is a softening that comes over you and there's a grace that comes over you to be gentle and to slow down, to act with tenderness and care with tenderness. And I can't help but say this too, that you be resourced so that if you need help to recognize that you can't do it all alone and to get the help that you need in order to be that tender, loving presence to your aging mom. If you have lost your mother, she has passed away. My own mother, she, her, her mother died when my mom was only 21 or 22 and she's now in her seventies. She once told me that Years ago, she told me that my parents' love is still a well I draw from. My parents' love is still a well I draw from. When I first heard this by Thich Nhat Hanh talking about the day his mother died and then the transformation that took place within him, I was so moved. It shifted the way that, again, that I think of death and dying and our connection to our to our dear ones. Let me share this with you. From this is from Thich Nhat Hanh. The day my mother died, I wrote in my journal, a serious misfortune of my life has arrived. I suffered for more than one year after the passing away of my mother. But one night in the highlands of Vietnam, I was sleeping in the hut in my her- in my hermitage. I dreamed of my mother. I saw myself sitting with her, and we were having a wonderful talk. She looked young and beautiful, her hair flowing down. 
It was so pleasant to sit there and talk to her as if she had never died. When I woke up, it was about two in the morning, and I felt very strongly that I had never lost my mother. The impression that my mother was still with me was very clear. I stood, I understood then that the idea of having lost my mother was just an idea. It was obvious in that moment that my mother is always alive in me. I opened the door and went outside. The entire hillside was bathed in moonlight. It was a hill covered with tree plants, and my hut was set behind the temple halfway up. Walking slowly in the moonlight through the rows of tea plants, I noticed my mother was still with me. She was the moonlight caressing me, as she had done so often, very tenderly, very sweet. Each time my feet touched the earth, I knew my mom was with me there. I knew this body was not mine alone, but a living continuation of my mother and father and grandparents and great-grandparents, all of my ancestors. These feet that I saw as my feet were actually our feet. Together, my mother and I were leaving footprints in the damp soil. From that moment on, the idea that I had lost my mother no longer existed. All I had to do was look at the palm of my hand, feel the breeze on my face or the earth under my feet to remember that my mother is always with me, available at any time. When you lost a loved one, you suffer. But if you know how to look deeply, you have a chance to realize that his or her nature is truly the nature of no birth, no death. There is manifestation, and there is cessation of manifestation in order to have another manifestation. You have to be very keen and very alert in order to recognize the new manifestation of just one person. But with practice and with right effort, you can do it. So take the hand of someone you know who knows the practice. Together do walking meditation. Pay attention to all the leaves, the flowers, the birds, and the dewdrops. If you can stop and look deeply, you will be able to recognize your beloved one manifesting again and again in different forms. And you will again embrace the joy of life. Isn't that just beautiful? I so appreciate Thich Nhat Hanh's deep and loving way of being in this world. This other quote that I have for you, this other piece is, I just came upon recently and it so spoke to me. It's by Deborah Culver. Your mother is always with you. She's the whisper of the leaves as you walk down the street. She's the smell of certain foods you remember, flowers you pick, the fragrance of life itself. She's the cool hand on your brow when you're not feeling well. She's your breath in the air on a cold winter's day. She is the sound of the rain that lulls you to sleep and the colors of the rainbow. 
She's a Christmas morning. Your mother lives inside your laughter. She's the place you came from, your first home. She's the map you follow with every step you take. She's your first love, your first friend, and even your first enemy. But nothing on earth can separate you. Not time, not space, not even death. If things are complicated with your mother right now, if you're estranged from your mother, if you didn't have a loving mother, if you still have a big mother wound, maybe your mom wasn't emotionally available to you. Maybe she was abusive. Maybe she was going through her own stuff and just was not present to you. Maybe you did a lot of mothering her. Maybe your mom now doesn't agree with your values and how you're living. Maybe she has mental health issues or addictions. Maybe you have mental health issues or addictions. Healing this mother wound is not a linear or easy process. I have guided so many people, clients, in healing their parental wounds. It involves boundaries, separating your sense of self from your mom, forgiveness, understanding, self-awareness, grieving, compassion, remothering yourself, and learning to take in healthy comfort, care, love, and soothing. I often tell my clients that have a complicated relationship with their mothers that they might choose to never see their mother again and, and there's that word again, and still heal this wound. And by healing, I mean developing a new relationship with what hurts you, your grief, your anger, yourself, your body, and your mom. So to soothe you, because so often when someone has a mother wound, they were not soothed. I want to offer you some soothing balm here. I have a few soulful reflection questions for you. So you might soften or close your eyes if that's possible right now, as you're listening to this episode. And... Feel the support of whatever you're sitting on or lying on. And feel the breath flowing in and out, the wave of the breath caressing you. And here's my first question for you. Who has mothered you? A friend, a grandparent, a coach, a friend's parent. Remember how they have looked at you with kind, loving, and empathetic eyes. Recall that now. See their eyes looking at you with love and kindness. Take this in for a moment. This is so good for your nervous system to orient toward receiving care. And regard. Can you take that in a little bit, that love and that mothering? 
that maybe again you did not get from your own mother but you got in some way through someone else maybe for a moment maybe for years take that in for a moment Notice how it feels for you to receive that care, receive that look, that vibe, their, their energy of, of love toward you. And in some way, thank them. Again, they could be living or they could have already passed away as well. And in your heart, Send out a thank you to them. My second question is, what soothes you now? What soothes you now? When our caregivers didn't give us the, that, that soothing that we needed as children and we experienced emotional absence, we can still learn these skills as an adult. We have an innate ability within our body to regulate ourselves and we can grow our capacity to self-soothe and regulate. So what soothes you? Is it a walk in nature? Is it taking a hot bath? One of my favorite go-to practices that we can do anywhere to love, soothe, and regulate our nervous systems is the hand on heart practice. Let's do this together. We can just do this together. We are going to do this many times in this podcast together. So you might just put one hand or both hands on your heart and vary the pressure so it feels supportive and soften the fingertips and gently breathe with your hand here on your heart. Feel the warmth of your hand, the warmth of your skin. Feel the breath flowing in and out. Feel your heart beating strong and vibrant and tenacious. And then I have another soulful question for you to just consider. This is something you might want to journal about or talk about with your therapist or coach too. What boundaries help you to feel safe and support you thriving? What boundaries help you to feel safe and support you in thriving? Just as we we need to explore who has mothered us so we can take in that love and kindness and give our nervous systems that experience and to remind our nervous systems of what this feels like. And we also need to explore what soothes us to know that and to have our own soothing, soothing soul care kit 
that we can with tools that we can pull out when we need them for learning how to soothe our soothe our nervous systems and and regulate ourselves we also need boundaries everything i do with coaching and therapy clients and in my work is about boundaries boundaries regard us and our integrity so i encourage you to explore that with your own self and your journaling or with your own coach or therapist what boundaries feel safe and support you thriving And then finally, just because so many people I know have these these wounds from childhood or want to just grow closer to their mom. And again, this, of course, can be applied to our dad um, and our father figures. All of this can be applied as well. I have two other practices for you. And again, this first one is for soothing your nervous system and giving your nervous system what you didn't get way back when. So this first experience is this. Imagine yourself as a newborn. You are taking your first breaths. You are being held in the arms of someone who loves you. And if your mom did not look at you with love, imagine how you would have wanted to be looked at with love. I I have to share this, that when I worked in prisons while I was in graduate school, I met many mothers who, who felt like they had failed and weren't mothering well and didn't mother well, but they all looked at their children in one moment, especially when they were born, with such love in their eyes. So your own mom, she might have loved very imperfectly, but I imagine that when you were born, she looked at you with love. And if she did not, her higher self, her most evolved self, would want you to know how it is to be looked at with love in those very first few moments of when you were born. So imagine that now. Give your nervous system an experience of feeling how you were as a newborn and someone loving, looking at you with such love and holding you with tenderness. Your mom in her highest self wants you to be free. She would have wanted you to flourish and to be healthy and happy. She would have been sending blessings, caressing you with blessings as you are a newborn. Her highest, her highest self would have wanted you to know how cherished and precious you are and to wipe out any doubt of anything less. So imagine your mom with her highest self or some other caregiver holding you with tenderness and love. And again, receive that for a moment. You might have to play with this many times in your own quiet meditation time, in your own uh, practice with your therapist or coach. 
receiving this look of adoration and love as a newborn, this blessing as a newborn. And then take a few breaths. You might need to move your body a little bit because I have one more experience for you. You might even need to pause this for a moment. We've been working with some heavy, deep stuff in this in this episode. So move your body. You might need to caress your body just to smooth your body with your hands in a gentle and loving way. You might have tears flowing. That's okay. So when you're ready, this next practice is to look at your mother as a newborn and to see her as a bright new human being. See how delicate and small she is. See the light in her eyes, the hope in her eyes, the small creation she is. See how vulnerable and she is and how she needed others to care for her, to feed her, change her, hold her, love her. Get a sense of her innate innocence. And notice what happens in your body and heart. My hope in doing these practices is that something softens and strengthens in you. That you are fortified in a deep and nourishing way. To love yourself no matter how you were mothered. To love your mother whether she is still here and it's complicated or if it's wonderful or she has passed away. We can heal no matter, no matter any time and any place. And I am so grateful to you for doing this inner work. It takes bravery and courage. And I really do believe that this is how we create a more compassionate world. We are tender and loving to ourselves and we heal. We develop a new relationship with our own selves, hearts, bodies, mothers, other figures, other caretakers, parents, dad. We heal that relationship with our grief. We receive love and support and nurturance and soothing. And then that organically flows out of us as an offering to others. I believe this is what the world needs right now, this kind of mothering. Whether you are a man or a woman or non-binary and everything in between or outside of that, however you identify as a human being, we can mother one another by doing our own inner work and offering a fierce love and tenderness and care and compassion out into the world.
Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to support this podcast, that would be so awesome. This is a total grassroots effort, and I really appreciate how you all have been spreading the word, sharing with your friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, mom, dad, sister, brother. That's been really awesome, and thank you for letting me know that too. Here are a couple ways that you could support the podcast and we can connect further. First, if you are on, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, it'd be awesome if you left a review and a rating. I read those. I then am just so grateful and I, and I actually have been screenshotting them and putting them in a note in my phone so that I can keep everything for when I'm feeling like, oh, is this really worth it? And I see people's inspiring words and things, and it just really encourages me. It's my love language, words of affirmations. So thank you very much for that. Uh, also, if you'd like to join the Delightful Divas, that is my monthly membership community. Right now, it is on the site Buy Me a Coffee. And if you click on the monthly membership, you click on membership, you can join the Delightful Divas. It's just $5 a month. And I am adding bonuses, so extras and artwork, and it'll be so much more as we go along. So it'd be awesome if you joined that and support this podcast. You could also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. And then finally, you could sign up for my newsletter. And with that, you'll get my free Soul Care Starter Kit. So I hope that these resources nourish and support you to follow what delights your heart and lead a life you deeply love. Until next time. May you be delighted.